0: Everything they could teach you you already know everything
1: they could say. We are here
0: I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that vagina talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man she or him and that, in fact, it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs, mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello beautiful beings, I'm so grateful to be with you today in whatever way, wherever you may be in time space, I'm grateful to be with you again. I am here with you today, I'm menstruating, I'm in the moon lodge, I'm tender, I've been in a deep, deep un uncovering uh, a deep unwinding that's taking place and I'm feeling really tender and very receptive and emptying. I'm really excited to share with you today a woman that I met at the Sedona Yoga Festival as she shared some of her medicine with us there. And I want to tell you a little bit about her, and then I'm going to bring her in and just let her just drop her deep knowledge on us. Her name is Jana Shiloh, and she's been practicing homeopathy for 38 years. She has taught internationally and written three books. She taught postgraduate doctors on homeopathy at the University of Arizona Medical School in Tucson in 1984. She says this. I am passionate about the healing work I do. I'm also passionate about the meditation and healing from the inside out. I added a the. She says this. I am passionate about the healing work I do. I am also passionate about meditation and healing from the inside out. I believe in grassroots education. Wow, I'm having a time. I believe in grassroots education When developing Big Pharma squashed homeopathy in the early 1900s, it was the women that kept it alive in the US. So just in these few things we can tell, Jonna knows, Jonna, welcome. You've been at this a long time. You've been working with people in many ways. You have a deep sense and respect for the, the the continuity and the history of Homeopathy and where it gets its validity and its space here. So,
1: so welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Hmm.
0: I just want to take a moment and and invite you to take a breath with me, listener. I want you to take a breath with me too, and just really um, connect. Because I think one of the things about homeopathy is that it really does make sense, and so. It makes sense in that deep way, that deep way of knowing, as I want all of us to just take a moment to just be in together of trusting our own innate knowing. So if you would, Jenna, with with all of us, just take a breath. Okay, and I would love it if you would bring us in on. Like starting from the most basic point of what is homeopathy, and anything else you want to share with us to get us going today.
1: All right. Well, I'm actually I, I want to start with a, a little short story about how I got involved with homeopathy. Um, I was living in an ashram for six years in the United States, and when it was time for me to move on, I didn't know where I was going to go and what I was going to do but the universe made it clear the move I was in the middle of what turned out to be a breakup of my marriage 14 years and I was leaving a community that had been my life uh, my life source and my connectedness for 6 years I ended up in Boulder and I would say that even though there's enough kapha in me to be pretty, pretty stable most of the time, I was a basket case at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Having left a big community, the guru who was there, and possibly at that point my husband, mm. I, um, I was yeah, I was not in a good state. So a friend of mine, I knew two people in Boulder, Colorado, and a friend of mine said. Um, oh, there's this chiropractor you should go see. He he does. He's a good chiropractor, and he does something else, she said, but it's natural, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so I thought, all right, well, might as well go to him as anyone. I had been driving for days, and I really needed some help with my back. So I went to see this man, completely not knowing anything about homeopathy or what he did and um, he was in the first group actually that of doctors that were being trained in homeopathy in the the newest of the revivals which was in 1981 or 1980 probably into hmm. 81 so i um, i went to see him and he didn't even start with Checking out my spine or anything. He just started asking me questions because he was very excited about homeopathy mm-hmm. at the time and he wanted to practice on his patients. So he was very compassionate and he asked me lots of questions and I cried and I cried. <laughs> yeah. I've been crying in the morning, I've been crying in the afternoon, I was really crying at night. So I I ended up telling him my story. He was very patient and asked me more and more questions. And when I finished, he said, um, I have something that I think will help you. And I looked at him in disbelief because my situation seemed so up in the air. And um, he said, well, I'll be right back. And he came back with some little white pills. Um, At that point, I mean... Without having a lobotomy, I couldn't even imagine what would help me. I was in such a state. And he popped these little white pills in my mouth, and he said, "Um, come back in two weeks, and we'll see how you're doing. And then he adjusted my back, and I was out the door. So as I've said, I was not set up for a good placebo response. Huh. Uh I had no idea what homeopathy was. I didn't know why he gave me those little white pills. They just you know I mean it, nothing computed at that point. so I went back to where I was staying and over the next couple of weeks, my emotions calmed down. I was able to start sleeping. I stopped crying so much, even though my situation had not changed really. I didn't. So, I mean, I'm the child of a psychologist, okay? And I was just so <laughs> blown away that something could cross the mind body barrier like that and effect such a profound change. Hmm. So, when I went back and I told him I was so much better, he and inside I had resolved that I needed to learn about whatever it was he was doing because it was so. Yeah. You know, to to one extreme to the other was just so dramatic. And when I told him I was doing better and everything, he said, um, he said, you know, I need some help in the afternoons. Would you like to work for me? And I was blown away because I didn't even know where to begin to look for work at that point. I wasn't even ready to work. And I said, sure. And then he said, well, but I have only one requirement, which is that if you work for me you come you can come for free but you have to come to my class that I'm teaching on homeopathy ah. so, <laughs> the universe was handing it to me on a silver platter wow. it was just mind blowing wow so so that's that was how i first got started <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was very apropos because before i had Left Just before I left the ashram, while I was still debating as to what to do, I was pretty agonized over that decision. I went to see a psychic, which was kind of blasphemy in the ashram. And um, hmm. this woman looked at me when I walked in and she said, your whole life is about to change. And she said, I see you moving to the southwest and working with herbs. So while homeopathy isn't specifically herbal, it was the closest she could come. She'd probably never heard of it either. Yeah. You know, so she was accurate. And and that was the beginning of everything that changed in my life. So then it was time to learn a little bit about what this strange modality, you know, how it could have helped me in that way, in such a dramatic way. And the the really important thing with homeopathy is that I believe it's a very feminine approach to healing. Mm. That we really look at how to evoke a healing response in the body. And when I say body, we really the, the we, I would say the vital force, the mind-body spiritual connection, that whole it's a whole from our perspective in homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And so the 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 idea is the body really knows how to heal. It just gets kind of stuck sometimes. Yeah. And all we need to do is bring it forth. We don't need to try to stomp on symptoms to make them go away. Because the body, the vital force, has its own intelligence and there's a reason why we have symptoms. We don't always enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> we never do. But, but, you know, as we all know, like so many people get colds after Christmas and, and, and their body is just trying to cleanse. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really important to honor what's happening in, in the system and why and how our body is trying to maintain some balance um, by creating symptoms, actually, that we would call symptoms, like, you know, nasal drainage, or if you eat a bad food, you get diarrhea. It's, it's The body knows what to do. Right. So that's, that's the beginning of, of homeopathy, really, because we do look for substances that have been known to create a particular combination of symptoms body-mind-spirit. And then we take those substances and we turn them into homeopathic remedies, which I'll explain in a few minutes. And in reflecting back to the body the pattern of the imbalance that that our vital force has created in our whole system— we're actually reminding the vital force that there is an issue and it needs to move to rebalance itself. So an example I I often use is if somebody came in to see me and they had an itchy, blistery eruption that was better in the heat and in hot water, Mm. that... The, the substance that would create that pattern of symptoms is poison ivy. Mm. So if we take the frequency of poison ivy, not the substance but the frequency, and reflect it into the energetic field of the vital force, it reminds the vital force that, that there's something that's stuck, that it needs to tend to something. And in doing that, we evoke the healing response, which actually cures the imbalance. <sighs> so, as you can see, it's a it's a very different system from what we've grown up with in this country. Mm. And and it it takes some getting used to because, um, you know, people initially want their symptoms to be gone right away and it does happen especially acutely with homeopathy I mean you can see some dramatic shifts yeah you know even in minutes yeah with with chronic issues of course it takes a little longer for the unwinding but um but we we get hooked as homeopaths we get hooked on seeing beautiful dramatic shifts relatively quickly and sometimes immediately um, using this modality it's beautiful do you have any questions about
0: this so far anything that- I'm just like just really kind of soaking it up I think you know one of the things is that where the like homeo like mm-hmm. part comes from is like using the it's yeah. that, curious, like, like same
1: same yeah like cures like homeo means means like and pathos is suffering so it's like suffering
0: so it's the similar suffering that is the treatment so it's like that which would create that um, yeah yeah it just makes sense to me from this place of um well a i have i i grew up both in the you know kind of classical western medical system as well as you know, alternative, as it was called growing up now, complementary, these aspects. I, um, I have had really beautiful responses to homeopathy. I um, grew up in a household that used Arnica as part of a, like, a general process. I had knee surgery when I was in middle school, and they didn't use enough anesthetics on me. And when I woke up, I was in excruciating pain and they kept trying to give me um, medicine like pills on an empty stomach that would then make me throw up. And I was in so much pain I couldn't sleep except that my mom came in and would give me uh, doses of Arnica and then I would pass out for about 90 minutes at a time. And then I would wake up and she'd give me another dose and I would pass out. And that was about six hours in the hospital, in which the only relief I got was the um, homeopathy that she had on hand. So I had that, you know, it was like a profound kind of family tale of like, no, really just do it. And, right. and then I, when I was in high school, I got uh mono Epstein bar mononucleosis and I had a relapse from it. And then I was per- like better enough to go back to school, but I was still really, um, about six weeks, two months in, I was still really dragging, really lethargically dragging. And uh, and my mom took me to a homeopathic doctor. And again, it was like just question after question after question after question. I mean, so many questions um, <laughs> to really, like, really get the picture of what it was exactly that I was experiencing. Um, and then uh, it was through the, the homeopathy that I really after kind of getting a little bit better and then not being able to get any better that I, it, it really was about, I mean, it was relieving right away, but then it was probably about six weeks that I was in many ways kind of back, back to normal um, mm-hmm. after kind of having a sense of like, is it is this never ever going to end after, you know, after about three months of being really pretty sick. So um, those are just some of my kind of upbringing stories Um, and then, you know, and I have other stories of getting, being at camp and getting sick and having one of the moms there be like, you know, asking me all these questions and then her pulling out her kid and, Mm. and, and, and giving me a treatment. And then again, having this, like passing out, waking up, getting another treatment and then kind of walking around and again, through like a 12 to 24 hour period, having a really, Deep system kind of moved through me really effectively. So I don't know. Those are so it's nice to just hear
1: about it. It does my heart good to hear about that because so few people really know about homeopathy. Mm -hmm. Let's use it. Um, It's you know it, it it's expanded over the years. And when I started, there were no real schools. There were just seminars that you could go to. And then over time, we established. I was part of helping to establish a school in um, in Berkeley for homeopathy. It was the second school in the United States that was um, that you know came on board in those early days uh, in in the history of homeopathy. We had over a hundred homeopathic schools in the United States for doctors and 20 homeopathic hospitals that still bear the name like flower 5th avenue in new york and um hanuman uh hospital in philadelphia which is not neither one has anything to do with homeopathy now but hanuman was the founder of homeopathy
0: oh my god i'm like i know Hahnemann. hanuman hospital here it's a massive hospital system here i didn't yeah. know that ha huh. Hahnemann is rolling over his grave right now. I know. Oh, poor babe. We're coming through. We're coming through. I All like right. to say. I like to say, give science some time. It's young, you know. It's yeah. young. Have some faith in science. It's young. It'll get there. Um, Western science, that is. Can you? You know, one of the things that I loved while you were talking about when we met was the way in which um, homeopathic treatments are identified the testing group, the testing model of how it's, how, how, how they know what, what does
1: what? Oh yeah. Can you talk about well, that? Yeah. Um, way back when, when this was first started, um, Hahnemann actually was, was uh, a physician and he was doing the medicine of the time, uh, which was, you know, a lot of bleeding and leaching and, and all of that type of thing. And at a certain point, he actually was not able to save um, one of his children, his daughter, and she died. And that's when he went back to the drawing board to research um, healing that was being done with the Greeks and the Romans. And he really discovered this whole concept of light cures like, And the way he found he proved it for himself was that he knew that China, what we call it, chinchoma bark, um, quinine worked for malaria, and it still does um, to you know, a certain extent in this day and age. And so he thought, well, if like cures like, I should be able to take some of this substance, this bark, quinine, and it should create the same symptoms as malaria. And so he experimented with it, and and indeed that's what happened. He took a lot of the tea made from the bark, and he developed all the symptoms of malaria. Now, he was a real scientist, and I have to say real because most of the scientists today are unwilling to do research and really have an open mind in in this area. So he went back and... um, when he got better, when he stopped drinking the tea and he recovered, he went back and drank the tea again because he wanted to be sure it wasn't a a mistake, you know, a coincidence. Right. And, And again, he developed all the symptoms. So he eventually was convinced that quinine could cure malaria because it could create all the symptoms of malaria. And down the line, um, the, in the research that he did over the years, he would give his his family, he had a lot of children, um, they were the first martyrs of homeopathy, <laughs> he would give them substances to take over and over again until they developed symptoms. And he called those provings. And then he and eventually other doctors and other people who participated would write down hour by hour exactly what symptoms were arising from the medicine or the substance and that wasn't just on a physical level they also had all the emotional pieces that would go on like anxiety at three o'clock in the morning or um grief and and crying at certain times of the day or under certain circumstances Mm. no reason even so, they had quite a well rounded picture of what each remedy would do, would create in a health, so called healthy person. And those were called provings. And we now have, thank God for computers, because I'd started learning homeopathy before we had programs for, for homeopathy. But um, now, you know, we have a vast, like I have a, a computer program with over a million symptoms in it. And all the remedies known to cure each one. Mm. So I can do research and cross-reference. Because, you know, we can't even treat a flu if we don't understand or or see the emotional picture that either came with it or preceded it. Mm. So, you know, like Chinese medicine will tell us that the lungs have to do with grief. And often we'll see that. We'll see that somebody who's been in a state of grieving for whatever reason develops bronchitis or yeah you know, or something like that. And, and all of those factors have to come together to form one picture, which is the picture of a particular remedy that has been known to cure that combination of symptoms.
0: Yeah, that was uh, the doctor that I went to had one of those programs. Every time I'd put in a system, it would like, you know, I would symptom, right? It would like tell them, and then it would like, I just like kind of wash it kind of over the corner of my eye, you know? Like, it was like all these different things. And then, like, the more symptoms they added, like things would pop up and disappear. And like, and then it was like when it was all said and done, it was like, these are the two. <laughs> after, like, hundreds of different potentials came together. Um,
1: And still, you know, the computer doesn't always give us the right answer. We still have to know the remedies and understand them and um, take into consideration what the computer tells us. Right, right. I wish I could say that, you know, every time it came up with the right answer because it's not – it doesn't. It's a very challenging – modality on um, for the side of the practitioner but it's so rewarding you know to to mm-hmm. really see someone transform in their lives how
0: how important is it for a person to be self-aware to be able to tell you those symptoms versus like as a practitioner your job to see the symptoms
1: you know it's both um because I treat animals, sometimes I treat babies. Yeah, you know that—that's totally on an observation, mm. and and you know some genetic things and some other things that I get from the from the parents. But um, it's it's that's one piece, and it's a little more difficult with that. Um, I have to say that in general. Um, Women tend to be a little more aware of their emotions. Sometimes they'll, they'll bring um, their husband to see me or, or actually, I mean, most of my practice actually is, is with women. But um, sometimes I do see the husbands or, or men will come to see me. And it's, um, sometimes it's more challenging with certain, certain kinds of personality types who are not aware of what's going on with them,
0: mm.
1: you know, and you ask them a question about their emotions and they just kind of look at you and, 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 and it isn't only just men. I mean, I've, I, I had a woman recently that she had no connectedness at all with anything that had happened to her emotionally, you know?
0: And as, I mean, that's a symptom in and of itself, right? Does yes. that, right? Yeah, so
1: then true. that gets, yeah. so that, that's, is. <laughs> that's, <laughs> It's a lot, you know, it's back and forth in the brain from the left to the right side, you know, when I'm with people trying to sense what's really going on behind the storyline. There are, there are, it's easier for people to begin if they want to learn about homeopathy to start using first aid remedies like Arnica and not just the Arnica gel. Most people know that, but the little white pills of Arnica, um, and, and um, roostox and Ruta, these are remedies for tendon and ligament damage. And one all-purpose, I would have to say all-purpose, one remedy that helps a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, for grief I always like to put out, and also for animals, is called Ignatia, I-G-N-A-T-I-A. And that's something you can get at the health food store, at least in a lower strength. Yeah, you know, with higher strengths, you really have to talk to a homeopath, but um
0: and the, can you talk about that the like 6c, 200c, like what are we what, what are we talking about?
1: Right. The way we make remedies and, and this sounds very counterintuitive, but anyway, this is the way we do it is um we start with let's say we start with um chamomile tea, all right? Everybody knows about chamomile tea. Sure. And so you take one part of the tea, and you take ninety nine parts of water, and it, it's best if it's good water, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, we're we're, we're potentizing everything that's in the water too. Yeah. So we we start with that mixture, and for those of us who are not um, homeopathic pharmacists, there's a lot of leeway there. But anyway, one small part of tea to 99 parts or whatever of water. <clears throat> and and we put that in a bottle with an air bubble, okay? Because we're going to shake it. But if you shook it and there was no air bubble, <clears throat> nothing much would happen. So there has to be an air bubble in that bottle. So let's say you're taking a one-ounce bottle. You put a little tea in. You put a little water in you got it filled maybe three quarters. And then it's, it's we could use the word succussed. It's shaken very violent, kind of violently, pounded 20 times. And then we empty most of it, leaving just one part on the bottom of the bottle. Mm. We put more water in and we shake it again. Mm-hmm. Now, if we did that process of emptying it, filling it and shaking it six times, you would get what we would call a 6C. Okay. Or a 6X. 6X is a little less water and a little more of the substance. But. Okay. And, that, and you might see that at the health food store. Six or 12. We call that a low potency, okay? If you shook it and diluted it in that process 30 different times, Uh-huh. Have a thirty c or a thirty x. okay. The thirty is a good middle potency. It's not super strong and for for certain kinds of things, either very deep issues or um, very strong emotional things, it's always better to use a higher potency. If you're talking about a surgery, for example, and you like what what happened with you and your mother,
0: yeah.
1: um, The ideal thing would be to use something more like a one thousand potency. I've ever seen that.
0: Yeah, I've only seen two
1: hundred or three hundred maybe. Yeah, two hundred. You you can find an arnica two hundred in the number of health food stores. They've started to put that out, but they don't put out higher potencies because most of the time people don't really know what they're doing right you know, they're just buying something over the counter totally right so for for more serious conditions or stronger conditions or stronger pain or whatever it's better to use a higher potency but i've heard of miraculous things you know that were done even with a six when yeah. nobody has anything else so we get to a point once we pass the 12th dilution, it passes what's known as Avogadro's number. Now, in the world of chemistry, that means that there's nothing left of the original substance. Right. Okay? But what I will say is that really uh, they're now discovering that there are nanoparticles even in the highest potencies that we have. And right. we're talking about 1,000, know, 1, 10,000. 50,000 dilutions 50,000 dilutions you just blew my mind Well, we have one that's a hundred thousand dilutions it takes three days and three nights on a machine to make <laughs> and, is and it, it's very strong what is it for Is it what well you know most of the time <clears throat> we don't use dilutions that high but sometimes when you're working up in potency over a period of time
0: mm. you
1: do move into higher potencies
0: like that it's like uh it reminds me of just um oh gosh I'm not quite sure how to talk about this actually uh I gotta like really drop in it reminds me because we're talking about like uh for me we haven't used this word yet but uh, you know this vibrational aspect mm-hmm. right this vibrational imprint and so it reminds me of when I'm doing journey work or meditation in my own self how there's like The rhythm or the vibration of the water, like the tides of my blood, the tides Mm -hmm. of my breath. And then there's like the vibration of like the buzzing of my body and the vibration of the like buzzing of my cells and then the space and then this like this deep cosmic thread that's like this shared like vibration Mm -hmm. or buzz. And so when you talk about a 100,000 X, (laughs) right? We're talking about basically working on the shared thread, um, like the, you know, the the vibrational thread line that is is uh, is pretty right. It's like and then that's the foundation. Like what I know in my own work is that when I shift in those deep vibrational places, it shifts all of the vibrations like there's it's like the finer the vibration is is right it's literally the threads right that that weave into the tapestry and then the tapestries themselves are like folded into the structures of my body right and so yeah. it's like it's like when 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 i'm reworking those very fine threads it affects the whole you know when i'm re, when i reweave the whole thing with a different thread then i'm getting and then the, the tapestry and the whole uh, the whole thing is affected on top of it um whereas if i just W- sh- change the shape of the tapestry. It's a, di- it's, I mean, it all works. It's all changing it, but it's, it's, it's different. So.
1: Yeah. I yeah. you know that's great. A great analogy. I like that. Um, I, I do think that, I know that the, the more subtle the frequency becomes, meaning the more we shake it and dilute it, yeah. it becomes more subtle, the more it also, it affects our whole energetic field. Uh, further and further out. So it it becomes a, it it is like changing that whole tapestry. in know, from the from you know the material level into the very very subtle levels of our being. And that's why it works on an emotional level. You know, the the last homeopathic hospital to close was in Terrytown, New York. And it was a mental hospital, and it was huge. I mean, they they treated hundreds of people there, very successfully. But you know, then then the whole drug thing came in, and and um, my father, as a psychologist, used to call Thorazine, which is what was around in his day, um, a chemical um, straitjacket. Mm. But it was easier to to to. Prescribe that than to go into the depths of a human being's soul and find the right frequency that would help rebalance it.
0: When you speak to that, I really feel the shifted uh, or the awakened priority of what's alive and what's happening right now, you know? Mm-hmm and that sense of like, well, we tried it and it turns out it's not easier and it's not effective. It's costly and it's exhausting and it's damaging and it's warmongering and it's not worth it. And I, I, you and I are part of, and, and you know, my listener with us right now, like we're part of, you know, choosing the the value and the worth of the time and effort to listen to the to the threads you know to go into the depths of that this feels like such a a beautiful thing I'd love to I'd love to have you talk about that piece of your work
1: Mm. yeah you know along came well, I don't know maybe 25 years ago, I don't remember exactly, but Dr. Emoto. And for your, any of your listeners who are not familiar with him, I encourage you to go online and look him up, E-M-O-T-O, and cross his name with water. Yep. This man, I mean, I was so profoundly affected by his work. Um, And what he discovered was that on an emotional level, any emotions we have affect water, right? I mean, we've got water in our body, we've got water around us, and every thought, every emotion creates a different crystalline pattern in water, there's a wonderful movie that uh, all of everybody can find online called Water the Great Mystery. And I really, it's free. I really encourage you to watch it. But when he presented his information that you could pray over a body of water, and they did this in Japan, and change the crystalline structure of a polluted, sludgy lake change it so that there was a crystalline pattern of in that water. Yes. It blew my mind. It just blew my mind. And the whole concept of even blessing food, you know? I mean that's really he proved that it makes a difference. Even there's some- an
0: there's like a new oh, I'm not gonna remember what it is. Neurati- Neuetics. Neuetics. Neuetics.
1: noetics 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 mm-hmm.
0: noetics the like research they're doing this, the noetic sciences of like doing more and more research of seeing like prayer and intentional activity impacting the like material and manifested world like the direct results of it um, mm-hmm. you know and Dr. Emoto's work is like you know I think was a big impetus of you know there's been a lot of these like individual studies of, of people doing things and then having enough of results that have kind of eventually kind of larger science conversations saying, oh, maybe we really should take, take a look at this, right? Like really, really take a look at it. Um, I just know when I first saw Dr. Moto's work, it was one of those feelings of like, I knew it you know like that feeling of just like come on like of course like of course you know of course like that is that is true like we've known this for millennia you know like that deep that deep knowing and I also think about how again it comes back to that vibration of um and maybe I'll put a link in for one of these classic look up one of these classic images of the way that um when they put vibrations through a speaker and then put sand on the speaker, yes, that I the, the frequencies make a shape. And then when mm-hmm. you change the frequency, it comes apart and then comes back together and it's next. And that in between spaces, a fate is called phase shift.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what's been coming to mind for me a lot recently in terms of what a lot of us have been going through are very mm-hmm. rapid um vibrational shifts which means we're doing very frequent phase shifting so that experience of being like and then being like okay i'm here and then being like <laughs> okay i'm here <laughs> you know as we're <laughs> jumping into these changing the um these crystalline structures of these vibrational the way that vibration invites the the manifested the, these crystalline structures that can take place in 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 salts
1: and water, um, right? And with our body being water, yeah. And being and us being bombarded with all kinds of frequencies that are coming through now that are different, mm-hmm. like the gamma rays, or being in a certain part of the galaxy that we, or the universe that we've never been in before, right? You know? Who knows what it's doing? Nobody really knows. Nah. <laughs> Nah. You can only hope though that it's in the, taking us in the right direction. I'm here for it. that's what I know you yeah. know yeah.
0: We'll, fi- we'll find out I guess it's a little bit like a approving is taking place right, right. We'll, fi- we'll, we'll find we'll <laughs> find out what, what it is We'll just find out and then and and what I know is that this planet is genius and that the medicine occurs in that same way that that that's the principle of reflection or the the principle of of mirroring of divine consciousness right so if that if there is a symptom that's being brought up in us be it a uh, ecstatic joyful symptom or a disruptive dysfunctional system the the like remedy or care or the matching of it will be reflected in the plant world or will be reflected in the creative inspirations of the, of the
1: beings that are here. Right. Right. And in fact, I'm feeling that right now talking to you Mm. (laughs) an altered, (laughs) an altered space. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I wanted to share the next part of, of the journey. Yeah. uh, A couple of other things. Um, Actually, this, this I don't know if this predates Emoto or not. I'm trying to remember. But I did want to sh- go back a little bit before we go forward with Emoto's work. Um, there was, um, some of you may have heard of the white buffalo, um, who is uh, considered a fulfillment of the Lakota prophecy. And some people moved into. I'm in Sedona. Some people moved into Flagstaff with um, a white buffalo, pregnant white buffalo, and I was very excited because I wanted to make a remedy from the milk of the white buffalo. We have a number of animal remedies that come from feathers or or milk or um, you know some some parts where the animal has not been has not been injured in any way. Mm. So I went up there to see if they would save some milk for me. And um, when she gave birth, because it was she was pregnant, and um, they they thought I was nuts. Of course, <laughs> so got to know each other better, became very good friends. But anyway, they thought I was nuts. And and the guy said, you know, lady, these are wild animals. We don't milk our buffalo. So. I was a little disappointed, but um, as we spoke, he said, but I can give you some of her fur because the buffalo shed almost year-round. And so I I was gracious and said, thank you. (laughs) And he gave me this fur, and I was holding it in my hand, and it started to pulsate uh, with a heat. Mm. That was unusual. And I knew at that moment that there was something really special about the spur so I sent it into a homeopathic pharmacy to have made into a remedy because making something into a remedy from an, an an insoluble substance is difficult it has to be ground for hours and there's a whole process and I didn't really want to do it myself so I sent it into the pharmacy and they, they made the remedy and then they were able to take it up to a 1,000 potency. So I had a range from 6 to 12 to 30, 200 1,000, 1, which they sent back to me. And it was another crisis point in my life. Um, I was going through a second divorce. <laughs> Blessed be. <laughs> and, yeah. And um, I hadn't felt. I had found a remedy that finally had worked with the grief because it was a new remedy. It wasn't something I knew right away. Mm. And um, so I was out of the worst of the grief, but I wasn't in a place of joy. And when I took this remedy, did it with a friend the night that I got it, and we did it as a meditation where we meditated and then we took the remedy and we continued to meditate. It was so powerful. Um, it just opened opened my heart, and mm-hmm. I started to feel the most amazing, radiant joy and actually felt the presence of, of the spirit of the white buffalo, which is known as White Buffalo Calf Woman. Um, you experienced that, correct?
0: I did, and I purchased both your blends and have used them uh, and have had incredibly beautiful results with both of them. I they're two of my favorite remedies to have on hand now. Truth be told,
1: yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you felt.
0: Um, what the with the when I first met it. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Or any time that that you felt it.
0: Yeah, I. What's come when I tap into it right now, what I feel like what I remember feeling and what wakes up in me is this uh, a, a rhythmic pulse in my heart that expands with like kind of every beat. And mm. then this like wash down my legs, this like grounding, clearing, steadying as
1: my heart expands. Hmm. That's that's beautiful because it is so, it's such an expansive remedy.
0: Yeah.
1: I think there's only two people I ever met who didn't experience it, didn't feel it in a powerful way. So that kind of got me onto another path because I was expecting to do provings with the white buffalo. Um, but I couldn't, I started giving it to friends who were willing to experiment, but nobody felt any symptoms. In in what we would call quote unquote negative symptoms, okay? Right. I felt happy and expansive and <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. I kept trying, you know. I couldn't couldn't get any symptoms on this thing. So it occur- at that point I realized that this was a remedy that wasn't working like like the usual remedy that you would think. It was really imparting an, an energetic, mm. um, spiritual energetic to individuals. And, um, and that opened a whole other world up to me of starting to look at things a little differently and how they could affect our consciousness um, strictly on a spiritual level so things kind of evolved from from that and by the way we do have did you i don't know if you got did you get the crown chakra remit, white buffalo remedy yes yeah so that was really different wasn't it that came Oh the- yeah
0: totally different experience for me that was for me when i first took it it was so activating of my head it was like it was like you know how though like they have images of like all the lights on the globe lighting up and then like networking with one another. Yes. yes. Like that's what my that was like my brain and head was doing. It was just like. What? And I was like, this is like, no, nah, this is like, it was like, it was a, it was a lot. I was like, I need like huge pieces of paper right now to like write down like everything that was happening. It was like, really, I did do a lot of breathing into my body. Cause it was like, I felt, I also, I think I also felt like I was going to go out of my body, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I chose not, I chose not to leave my body. Um, cause we were doing a shorter it was, you had said that you were like, this is going to be a shorter time. So it was like, it was like all that lit up. And then it was like a total invitation to just jettison into the cosmos. And I really was kind of tried did my, use my practices to kind of bridge it. Yeah. So that was a very different
1: experience. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, And that's so interesting because the male Buffalo is the one that has the big head, mm. you know, female, well that's the one that we always think of when we think of a buffalo. It's yeah. a male. The female is a little bit more like um, more like a, a cow or something. I mean that the, the head is a very di- is a different shape. Yeah. And so the, that what's so fascinating to me is that shapes actually right hold a frequency. And that was so clear. I, I mean I did a whole series of um, Remedies from platonic solids, and each one felt really different. So, I I love that.
0: What a like a sacred geometry homeopathy proving.
1: (laughs) This was just sort of meditation stuff, you know, that I did. Cool homeopathy Um, meditation contemplations, right? (laughs) As opposed to um, doing you know doing a real proving i don't know what a proving of a dodecahedron would give us but <laughs> but, but i love the whole thing of feeling these different frequencies and yeah. i you know i've i've put them together and put them out they're not a the whole world doesn't seem to know about them at this point but but they're wonderful um, <laughs> wonderful experiences and then the next step which has been the most i can't say the most exciting because all of this has been an amazing journey for me mm. but um and definitely out of the realm moving beyond the realm of specific homeopathy but um the next thing i i thought of you know when i when i was so inspired by emoto going back to his work it occurred to me that I could use the concept and the technology of homeopathy and like curing like to help people in a in a more generic way. Like we have five thousand homeopathic remedies, and you have to get the right remedy to see a response. Doesn't right. just happen. I and mean, you can't throw something at someone and expect to see a change. So. I decided, well, what if we totally individualized this even more and had people get in touch with a trauma or a core issue in their lives and through several different processes actually imprint that frequency of their trauma into water and then turn that water into their own personalized homeopathic remedy, and of course, one of the key things—I mean, if it's just a recent trauma, it's one thing—but one of the key things, otherwise, is coming to what that core issue is, because a, that core issue gives rise to many other issues. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> know <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. So if we can find that core issue, and I, and I do take people through a little meditative process in order to have them um, share things with me so that together we can discover what the really core issue is, um, and imprint that core issue into water and then turn it into a remedy and give it back to that person we can watch the unwinding actually happen on a physical and emotional level. Mm. And that was just thrilling to me. I call it heart fusion. And I've written a book on it called Heart Fusion, The Magic of Imprinting Water. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's like, honestly, it's something I, I, I wish I could give back to the world, you know, I mean, you go to places of of trauma, of earthquakes, of um, massacres, of, you know, terrible things that happen. And if people have access to water and a a jar or a container, they can make their own remedy. Mm. Is that in your book? Mm Mm-hmm. How to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that that's like the most for me it's been such a powerful thing to watch people well, even for myself, when I first did this, what really came up for me was um I have, I have basic issues basic issues of abandonment, okay? Yeah. But but it, it was way deeper than that. It was more like separation from God, you know? Yeah. Deep separation that caused me so much um anguish and and it it came out in in terms of abandonment my day to day life but it was it was deeper than that it wasn't just with a breakup it was that a breakup triggered something way deeper within me yeah for example so um I made a remedy one day when I was feeling particularly clutched <laughs> for lack of a better word mm. Um, that, with that issue, and it was powerful and it was you know, it was, it was really good. But the thing that surprised me was that I had been experiencing a really bad sciatic problem, which I tried every remedy I could think of. I went to all kinds of healers in Sedona. I did everything. nothing was helping with this sciatic pain. And one day I got this idea, well, why don't I spray? My back and see what happens, and I sprayed my back and the pain started to fade and it mm-hmm. went away and I saw how even a mechanical so-called mechanical thing like that yeah you know was was had a deeper much deeper root in my whole being so i've um I've been thrilled to share it with people and I'll give you one example of a woman who was a friend of mine, and, and I said, "Well, you know, come over." I was experimenting; it was my earlier days with the with the modality. I said, "Why don't you come over and let's see what we can find for you?" And she said, "Well, I don't, I don't really know what the issue is. All I can tell you is, I can't, I can't finish anything in my life. I start things." and I put a lot of money into new projects and everything and then they just sit there. I can't finish them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did this process with her and I took her back into her childhood and I asked her, well there's a key question which which is it's better not to know it if you're going to do a process like that with me, but anyway, <laughs> I asked her some key questions. And what she came up with was that when she was in fourth grade, she had to go to the bathroom. She raised her hand in school, and the teacher ignored her. And she a little kid, not, not being acknowledged in any way. And finally, her little bladder just let go, and she peed on the floor. Aww. And... Up until that point, she'd been really well-adjusted, social kid, had friends, you know, was, was just doing fine. She was so humiliated by what happened, and all the kids started to laugh at her. And she froze. And that was that moment where everything stopped. That's right. And changed in her life. Yeah. And it was the same kids that went from fourth grade to fifth grade to middle school, to right. you know, all the way through. It was a smaller town. And whether they remembered or not, she always felt like everybody remembered uh, she was the kid. So we captured that moment of freezing and fear. And she started using this. I, I put it, I have it in a spray bottle also because i like to get it into the aura as well as on the physical body and it changed her life she was able to complete things after that Mm.
0: it's so beautiful you know i have a teaching and it's that the balm is in the wound Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's it's so i just so deeply just really deeply feel that do you do people have to come to sedona to do that with you do you need to be no
1: i i do it with people on skype on the phone um uh, sometimes i'll just send them you know the bottle that they need um in order to do that and then they can i can take them through the process You know, I have them, I tell them to have a bowl, to have some water, to whatever. And I take them through the process right on the phone.
0: Wow. So they're the ones holding it. Got it. Right. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. What beautiful work, Jonah. Well, thank you. I just, as I said, it's something
1: I really want to share with. Yeah.
0: I feel that. I feel the, the, um, efficiency of that I also I've done a lot I have a really wonderful uh practitioner that I work with that does crystal resonance mm-hmm. um therapy and she often would make infusions during our sessions from our sessions mm-hmm. um, you know so the work so the stones and then also the the journey work of the work that we would do together and those were always really powerful And I just, so I, I just really appreciate your vision in you know, going to this, you know, and, and you being a landing point and like a bridge point for that information to come through, to be able to give an access point to make remedies out of those core issues. And then the, the, it feels so obvious and something that we, that we do, that we, that we know how to do, or that we can do the alchemy, the power of alchemy to go into the seat of a place of trauma and to let let that healing really fully come through. Mhm. Um it's it's it takes a lot of courage to do that kind of um healing. Yeah, I, especially that notion of going back to that place. It's efficient, right? It's like we carry that you know it's like we we think we're not a lot of the time we can even I can think of myself. It's like, you know, it's like I think I'm not looking back on it or we think we're not carrying it with us but the truth is when it's unresolved it's it's we're carrying it with us everywhere it's totally exhausting it's much more exhausting to carry it around than it is to turn turn around back to it and um and let what's kind of there to be healed receive the healing you know that's that's alive in us the part that that needs the healing and i think about that in places on the earth too the locations that the body, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like it's a it's a place in the body of the planet that still needs healing, and so it can have it, it can get it,
1: right? And it, and it's something, you know, these wounds that we have are, are deep and and um, go back lifetimes. Yeah. And if to have, to be able to have a tool like that, so every time it does come up or start to unwind some more, yeah, you know, you can use it. Mm-hmm and use it yourself is, is very powerful. Mm. Um, If any of your listeners have any ideas about connections in foreign countries or, or anything like that, I would, I would love to, um, you know, be able to see this spread because, because there's so much suffering on this planet right now.
0: You're in, in this country, you know, it's like places, access points that, that are like ready or interested to do that, you know, neighborhoods or, Towns or communities,
1: locations, um, We're doing a workshop you know on Skype is a possibility somebody organizing some friends of theirs who um, who wanted to experience this i I'm very willing to uh, to share it in any way that I can.
0: Mm-hmm. beautiful. Well
1: that least I have two
0: closing questions. you ready for that? Sure okay the for this kind of brings us to my second to last closing question which is people want to get in touch with you um how do you like that where 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 do you want people to go how do you want people to reach out to you um people have questions want to connect how
1: do they do that well there are two ways i mean i'm happy to talk to anyone and do like a, a 10 minute kind of free consultation as to what would work best and whether they would like to do something together with me. Um, So there's a phone number, and I'll give you the phone number, and there's a website. And on the website, there's also a lot of essences, other essences that I've created as well. So um, they can call me at um, 928-282-9362. And the nine three six two by accident happens to spell Xena. Ah! Get <laughs> out to me. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. Um, <laughs> and and then my website is Health raise, and that's R A Y S, HealthRays Great. Health raise.
0: and all that'll be in the show notes. Okay. Oh, well, Jona, thank you so much. I have uh, this has been really this has been really lovely for me today. Um, my closing question is is presumptive um, is we t- do you believe that we are part of my first clarifying question, that we are part of the the birthplace or participants in creating a new or evolved reality?
1: I, I do, you know. I really do think that there's a reason why all of us are here and are waking up. Yeah, me too. And, and that, you know, people say that there are, there are cities of light that want to manifest here, whatever. I, I just, you know, feel we're all being guided. And even though it can be pretty depressing sometimes to watch the news and all, I just have to believe that there is a a reason for all of this that's happening.
0: So, so my invitation for you is to do some weaving with us and to do just a moment to check in with yourself and just tell us, tell us a story, tell us a, a prophecy, a glimpse of what that looks like or feels like, where are we going? What is, what is that knowing? Um, what are we what are we call what are we calling in what's coming through us what do you know what do you see what's part what's part of it that you
1: that you know hmm. well I know that there's a really amazing cosmic energy that's coming in through meditation hmm. and I hear it from other people and I'm experiencing it myself. And while you know I could I could say what I would like to see on this planet, I, I feel like this um there's an intelligence that's coming through us and that's spreading out like the rays of the sun to touch beings who haven't Seen that yet or experienced it yet? And it it feels to me like the most important thing is to be able to share that love and that energy with everyone we meet Mm -hmm. and help to spark and awaken those who haven't awakened and help to connect the sparks (laughs) and the threads with those of us who are awakening right now. And then the magic will happen.
0: I love it. It feels so good. What's mm-hmm. one? What's one? What's one dream bubble of that magic that you see?
1: You know, you mentioned like the network of light. Yeah. That, that happened, and and that's what I would see because it's mm. going to. There's nothing that can happen on this planet um, that can be all encompassing without a change in consciousness. Yes. You know, and and if if there's a change if people wake up more and more to love, then then the communication can happen, the sharing can happen, the creation of with new ideas of how to deal with situations that exist here can happen
0: yeah
1: in a in a co-creation yeah you know not just one person trying to make money off of somebody else or a situation but but a genuine co-creation of interweaving of consciousness and love and creativity and that's that would be that's my dream to see that happen beautiful
0: well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate, pre- appreciate, I appreciate, I, I appreciate your your long walk, your deep listening, your courage, your willingness to be your own landscape landscape of experimentation, and uh, and your deep service and deep dreaming. Thank you for your work and the medicine you make and the the guidance, um, for others to make medicine for themselves as well. I just really appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And I really appreciate this opportunity to share. It's been a, a real joy. And, um, as I said, I really have felt the energy pouring through as we share.
0: Mm, so beautiful. We'll be well. And everybody, my darling listeners, I just am feeling that pouring through moment. I just want to take a moment We took a breath together at the beginning to invite us to take a breath here in the completion of this time. As I offer again, that connection of trusting, trusting your own knowing. Be well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam.
1: Thank you, Sophia.
0: (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One. Uh, or come to my website, sophiawiseone.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the best news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon, backslash Sophia wise one or through my website, Sophia one.com.
1: Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know, if you don't, don't know. know, now you
0: know, if you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to.
1: Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.